What's up, guys? This is another episode of the Rad Podcast, the raddest podcast. Raddest of the Rad. We are your hosts, Rachel and Judd. Hmm? Awesome, awesome, guys. Thank you again for joining us on uh, another episode of the Rad Podcast. So today, 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 we have a great, great topic. Uh, We're talking about mental health how it is significant in our relationship Mm. deep stuff deep stuff definitely um yeah so our quote for this week um is actually by someone named richard lavoy um great guy love there's a video that i love but um he says learning disabilities the real challenge is educating those who don't have one um yeah so this is part of one of his campaigns um just you know, helping educators understand what it's like, right? Um, and understanding how to help kids who have learning disabilities. Um, so yeah, and we'll we'll definitely jump right in. But before we get started on the questions, um, we did want to say that one, we are not psychologists of any kind. We are not professionals. This is not like the field that we're studying or anything. Um, so we just want to say that, that, you know, we're just two people, um, wanting to educate ourselves and wanting to just promote the importance of mental health, um, and educating ourselves for either, either we need it ourselves or how we can help others around us, whether we're in a relationship with someone or just someone who we can understand better, you know, um, anyone we come in contact with. So we just want to say that. But we can jump right in, um, and I'll ask you this question, Jed. Um, how did you view mental illness growing up? Um, it's a great question. Uh, I think I was, um, well, I'm 21, right? So I think the first experience with, um, uh, mental illness was not my own experience, like personal to me experience. It was mm. a close friend of mine who I'd found out uh, was um, uh, hurting himself, and I didn't quite understand why someone would cut themselves. It didn't mm. make sense to me. I didn't like understand why you would physically harm yourself. Mm. Um, and uh yeah that was i think i believe it was in middle school when um i found out that my one of my best friends at the time wow. was doing that and so i was kind of like caught off guard like oh okay wow this is this is a serious thing i guess like i didn't know that people do that you know yeah um and and yeah so that was my first experience and then you know i can recall later on during high school having other friends who had lost close ones um, close, sorry, close family members and, uh, experienced a lot of depression and just seeing the, the weight that had on, on their lives and how it just greatly affected, um, you know, their emotional health, uh, spiritual health, physical health. Um, and so, um, I've never personally experienced any kind of severe mental illness or depression, um, of any kind. We all go through our lows, but... I don't think that's necessarily defined as depression. I think that can definitely be overused. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's like I honestly think I didn't quite understand mental illness and know much about it honestly until 
I think this wave that's kind of coming through media and, and you're seeing a lot more that mental illness is something that's being talked about. Um, uh, mm. And so I think it's it's been a lot more defined. And I think if you were to ask people about mental illnesses or even ask me about it five years ago, I'd be like, oh, I don't, I don't know, I guess. Like, what, I, don't, what I think depression, maybe. I don't even know what it is. Mm. But, you know, like, okay, I, yeah. I, I was very unsure of, like, how you would even define it. Um, yeah. But, yeah. How about you, Rachel? What, how did you view mental illnesses growing up? Um, yeah. I don't know. I think I've, I, as, I feel like as a girl, I heard a lot about, like, other young girls or high school girls. Most I feel like mostly it was, like, in high school where we heard a lot about those girls who struggled with bulimia, anorexia, those kinds of mental illnesses where it's, like, they have such a poor body image, um, body dysmorphia, where, like, they picture their bodies as so much worse than they really are. So they it's an illness it's a mental illness where they think they need to purge or they need to starve themselves to look a certain way um whether that's because intrinsically they just want that for themselves or so much of it i believe is just the media the pressures that we get um so i knew that that was a thing from really young i mean i remember in middle school early middle school maybe even maybe even like around fifth grade or so like, knowing that there were girls who struggled with, like, barfing after lunch just to get everything out because they felt guilty for eating or something like that. Um, So I always knew it was a thing. Or not always, but, you know, as young as I could. Um, And then I always knew about, like... Not always. I keep saying always. always. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the time. Um, Most of the time. I think it's just because it feels like such a long time that I've known. Um... But I've known friends of mine who have struggled with cutting themselves. Yeah. Um, hurt themselves physically because they felt so numb or sad inside. And so they felt like they needed to either ground themselves by cutting themselves, kind of like a wake up to reality. Or they felt so numb that they just wanted to feel something. Um, so I think, yeah, there's there's... It was really hard for me to understand because I was like, how and why? Like, it just made me really sad, you know? And I, I feel like part of me also just didn't want to know more. I didn't want to talk about it because it seemed so overwhelmingly sad. Like, I just didn't want... That's true. Yeah. You know? And I feel that's a lot of us, I think, too, yeah, especially at a I young age. Really, yeah. Like, I didn't, I didn't really want to ask my friends more about it because I was like, ooh sad or I don't want to make them sad or you know um it seemed very negative yeah so I think I was scared I know that there's so many like anti-bullying um what are they called I keep wanting to say oh assemblies we have like anti-bullying assemblies or like those presentations where someone would go up and talk about um I think earlier we were talking about like cyberbullying um yeah so yeah all those things I think Growing up, I just saw this, but it was so distant from me, you know? I just, like, thought of it as, like, wow, there are real people who struggle with this. Like, I can't imagine what that must be like, you know? Um, but, yeah. And we'll talk later about, you know, surprise. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. So, our next question. Uh, what are some myths 
uh, of mental illnesses? Oh, such a good question. Um, I love it. It's a cool question. And yeah, I guess I'll go first. I'll ask it and answer it. Um, uh, yeah, so let's see. I think, I think a myth of mental illness uh, is that if you just try hard enough, you know, if you just, um, you know, yeah, if you just put enough effort and you think hard enough and you distract yourself or if you just do enough, you can get out of... Just be positive. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just be positive. Just do this. I don't understand. Just don't feel that way. Just don't think that. Mm-hmm. These are things I've found myself um, fall into as I have tried to help, um, Rachel and other people with Mm. these kind of struggles, um, because I'm honestly quite ignorant and still am Mm. of of learning. Um, but I think a myth that I've definitely hold, held onto or just kind of thought was that, yeah, you just gotta try hard enough. Just don't think those ways, like just snap out of it, you know? Um, and that's so, so, so insensitive and so not <laughs> being empathetic. It's very, honestly, very rude and hurtful um, when mm. people say that. It's not helpful. It's very um, debilitating and, and it doesn't help uh, them and what they really need. Uh, and so I've, I've found myself uh, believing this and carrying it out many times um, with people. And just it's not helpful as someone who's trying to support and love those who struggle with mental illnesses because I personally don't have a whole lot of struggles myself um I got my struggles in other areas but uh as I try to support this is such a a myth is that telling people that they just need to snap out of it they just gotta get over it it's not that simple it's so much deeper it's rooted uh so much deeper in the brain and into past experiences and trauma and things like that so I think it's so important to not have that heart perspective and it's easy to, to lose patience sometimes with people and just like dude but you, you just gotta fight to be empathetic and loving and understanding because people are hurting and it's a serious struggle um, but yeah I think it's a myth I've yeah. held on to and I think it's important to, to address so wow how about you amen um yeah Jeez, you guys, I'm like gonna get emotional. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's really encouraging to hear you say that. I think it's really cool. But um, yeah, I think an, a myth that I was, I mean, thinking of. Um, oh, this always happens. I like start talking and I forget what I was gonna say. Um, oh, gosh, we may have to like come back to this question because I'm like blanking. Um, oh no. Got it. There we go. The uh, the idea that like mental illness or depression isn't worthy of a isn't worthy of a diagnosis hmm. well, or isn't worthy of concern unless it's like they're physically harming themselves or until they get to a point of you know suicide or suicidal thoughts or. Um, it has to show in like a physical way for people to actually believe. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's a myth um, that I think I've even believed for myself too. Um, the idea that like, no, I don't have depression because I'm not, I'm not thinking of killing myself, <laughs> or I don't have depression because I'm not cutting myself. Um, but what's so sad is that 
not understanding all of what depression is, like without without the right care and attention, it will lead to those things. And someday it could get there, you know, to suicidal thinking, um, suicidal thoughts or actions or plans. Um, God forbid any attempts, you know. Um, and it, so it leads to those places. And it's so sad that those myths, it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, yeah. you know, like, oh, that, you know, if you don't give... Or actually, no, it's the opposite of a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like you don't give the attention and you say it's not something, but that's exactly what makes it prolong. You know what I mean? Like, get worse because we didn't address it when we should have. Huh. Um, uh, yeah. So I think that's important. I think I've honestly experienced a lot of that even when I was younger thinking like, no, I don't have depression because I'm not like, you know, Susie over here with cuts on her arms or the story of that one guy, Jacob, that we heard from school that killed himself. Like, I'm not one of those kids, so I don't have depression. Yeah, if it, if it isn't intangible, if it's not tangible, if it, right. like an obvious... Um, obviously seen kind of right. illness it's, mm-hmm. it's, oh, it's, and it's not it's worthy real. of attention very true very true that's great or that's seriousness great I guess yeah yeah well that's deep we are we're getting deep today of course yeah we have to it's a great <laughs> topic um, and I think of course there are many many more myths oh so um, many and I think it's important for us to question or ask ourselves like how do we view mental illnesses and yeah can we fall into any of these myths that Rachel and I have shared and yeah. maybe what are some more that you feel like you see society fall into yeah uh, I think it's important to, to address that and think about that and by the way we would love to hear all of your experiences questions things that maybe we can look out for and even like what are some more myths you know that we've heard um because you know we're all about educating ourselves now yeah definitely um so yeah so definitely please share everything (laughs) awesome um alrighty so for our next and final question um we're gonna be talking more about our relationship uh, yeah more personal and specific to us Mm. Rachel and I so yeah um Rachel how have you dealt with your mental illnesses. Woo, here we go. Um, yeah, I guess I shared a little bit already. I mean, I think, I'll be honest, I think getting with a therapist more recently, um, finally giving my mental illness kind of the attention that it needs and um, dealing with it in healthy ways. <laughs> Um, hasn't always, you know, been the case and it's kind of brought up even, um, I guess just making me think more about how it really has had an effect on my life. Um, you know, so when I was younger and I mean younger as in like, I didn't really have any issues until maybe I remember distinctly in like seventh grade, I went through what now I can see is like depression. Um, not as serious as like I was cutting myself. Um, but I had this like, I want to say a solid whole month where I would wake up 
and I hated the fact that I had to go to school. I just didn't want to do anything. Like, I had absolutely no motivation. So I just, I came off to everyone as just, like, a, some lazy kid. Um, but, like, I just hated, like, everything. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, I felt no joy. Like, I didn't get any joy out of hanging out with my friends. Very, yeah, apathetic. Um, apathetic. Like, I would wake up, I'd grab a random t-shirt from my drawer, put on any pants, and like that was so yeah absolutely like I was like why am I here why am I doing this Mm. um which I think is okay to have those questions as it you know we're learning about who we are we're figuring out our identity um but like looking back like I had I remember calling a really good friend um I grew up with church my whole life with this guy so I had called him and I remember I was crying because I was telling him, like, I don't care. I don't care about anything. Anything. Um, and I was like, hey, talk me out of this. But I really just wish it would all end. Like, I really just wish it would all be over. Um, meaning, like, I just didn't care for life and I didn't want it. Like, I was like, why? Why? Why do it? Like, it's so hard. It's so... Yeah, wow. Meaningless. Um, and I was in seventh grade. And I had no idea what this was. I was just like, dude, talk me out of this. Like, I know I know there has to be more, but I just don't understand. Um, and so, yeah. So, you know, eventually that wave kind of passed. Um, going into high school, I obviously was, you know. I mean, growing up is hard <laughs> for everyone, I think. We've yeah. all had our our ups and downs oh, totally. um in high school especially yeah yeah um but then i think what kind of i don't know almost um was like the flame starter of everything <laughs> was in um 2017 my brother, who was 14 years old at the time, um, was going in for a heart surgery. And he had had heart surgeries before. His first heart, or- heart surgery was when he was like four months old. So our family was well aware of, you know, this is the routine, this is what we gotta do. Um, it was an open heart surgery, which was one of the more serious um, procedures that he was gonna have to have. Um, and this one was like a, wow, this would be awesome because it was going to be more manageable, whatever it was, with like new technology. Um, but with any new technology, there were always risks. There are risks with any, risks with any surgery in yeah. general. Um, but, you know, things happen. So, long story short, um, he ended up passing away from complications and... Yeah, I mean, one, I wasn't there when it happened. I was, he was out of the surgery. Um, they let us know everything was fine. And a, you know, family friend, we were out on a um, road trip. So on my way back, um, I basically found out my brother was not gonna live um, over text. <laughs> um, and so. After that all happened, I mean, you could just, I feel like anyone could imagine being obviously really sad and overwhelmed with grief, um, but it definitely kick-started kind of this 
intense, intense um, depression. Wow. Um, you know, growing up, I was convinced. My whole family joked about how I was definitely ADHD, you know, which just, I was very, like I had a short attention span. I was terrible, like concentrating in class. Doing homework was like so hard when it really didn't need to be. <laughs> um, and any kind of symptoms that I thought I had were just over the top and amplified by the grief that I was feeling. So I was in high school, I had to go back to school because this was in summer when he passed. And I failed all my classes. I was, I couldn't keep up in any one of them. Um, I mean, except choir. <laughs> um, I mean, all I had to do was show up and I could do that, right? Well, because you're a great singer. Hey, man. Thanks. Um, but yeah, so that all happened. I had, I started developing a lot of anxiety. I would, there were days when I couldn't get out of bed. Um, and my mom would come in and I would just be crying. And she was like, okay, like she didn't know what to do. God bless her. Oh, that woman. Um, but she didn't know what to do, and she would try to help me go to school and convince me that this is good, you know, you need to, we need to push. Um, and I just could not bring myself to go to school. So yeah. there were days I just couldn't get myself to school. There were days I went to school, and I'd have, I'd have a panic attack in the middle of class, um, and I'd just walk out of the room, call um, a friend, and got you know picked up and couldn't just wow. be yeah. in class um is way too yeah um way too overwhelming to even do normal life so that happened i went to grief therapy after many many begging <laughs> of my family um because they were like i think she's not doing good <laughs> um and i don't process emotion very well <laughs> so to have these intense emotions i just could not figure out what I was feeling. It was just more of a blah and just overwhelming. Um, So that happened. I didn't deal with it very well, but I believe it's because I just didn't have a whole lot of education or resources at the time. Yeah. Very understandable. Yeah. I mean, it came out of nowhere. So it was kind of like, I don't know. Um, So in high school, it was a lot of just push through, do whatever you can. A lot of prayer, a lot of reaching out to any friends that I could, um, getting help from therapists um, for a little bit, and uh, yeah, just taking a lot of advice. And but mainly, I think just a lot of forcing my way through life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had really bad waves. There were times I had weeks when I did nothing for school. Wow. And it was not a whole lot more than just I had no motivation to do it and I could care less. I couldn't care less um, about the grades I received or anything. I would just show up to school and I was like, I'm doing enough, dude. Like, this is, this is all I've got. <laughs> um, you know, so that's how I dealt with it growing up. And then uh, I think it wasn't until maybe quarantine in like 2020, 2019, um, when I really started, I guess when things got more scary, it was like the, um, 
I did have, I struggled with like suicidal thoughts, not necessarily, not necessarily like any plans. Um, never got to that point, but there were times when I was like, it's the like, I'd be better off dead kind of mentality. Um, and being in that place was really scary because, you know, knowing all the stories growing up, um, things like no one ever knew that she was sad and she passed away because of this. And so because of that, I think it just, you know, knowing that people loved me through this process and cared for me and helped me, um, you know, I began taking antidepressants, which helped a lot. Um, I have a lot of support from friends and family. A lot of it is just education, man. Educating yeah. myself and trying new things, what can help me. And um, But even more so, not just my education, but helping others understand that education is the best way to help me. Because I don't wow. always know. You yeah. know. I don't always know, especially in the moment, I don't know what I need. If I'm having a panic attack because of the anxiety that comes from my ADHD, that comes from, like, all these things are all intertwined. Um, and so, and they're all so different. You know, like, my depression and anxiety are almost like a side effect of the struggles that I deal with with ADHD. Growing up with ADHD, you know, kind of lowered my self-esteem, which can bring on depression because I have no motivation for life, you know? So I feel sad. And then after being in such a lump or slump or whatever, like feeling like a lump, um, (laughs) I... I get anxious because now I feel like life is too overwhelming and I'm a step behind and I need a, and so everything is too overwhelming. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's, I'm just beginning, I think, to realize how I need to deal with, um, more so just like the maintenance of living with mental illness. And, um, I mean, a really good, quote I guess from um there's a, a a YouTube channel called how how to ADHD um and I love her she talks just about empowering those of us who have ADHD and um and hers is like oh she talks about like just knowing that this is the diagnosis is not an excuse but it's a way to get the resources you need so that you can be successful and so that those around you can help you be successful um and so I was like yeah owning that disability is okay it's not it's not raising an excuse flag you know it's not just broadcasting I want attention yeah you gotta acknowledge it it's acknowledging it first step is knowing that there's an issue exactly so you can help so that's how I've dealt with mental illness (laughs) it's ongoing it is it really is. And I'm still learning. I'm yeah. not... I'm nowhere close You're to being perfect, a pro. You're babe. You got it all handled. You oh, figured yeah. it out. You found Heck the answer. Yeah. The cure to depression. <laughs> the cure. Nope. If only it were that easy. It doesn't exist. It's a process. And you just got to keep fighting and keep persevering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for... Thanks for asking. Well, and I can ask you. Um, Jed, how has it been? 
for you. How have you been able to support me in in my struggles with mental illness? Totally. Um, no, well, again, I just want to say you're awesome, and appreciate you being courageous and sharing these things on this podcast. It's really cool. So shout out to her. She's mm-hmm. great. Um, He's all exhibit A. This is how I support her. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah. So, so Rachel shared so many great things and just shared really real and was vulnerable. I appreciate that. Um, But yeah, I think this is a great, also another great question is for those who are in relationships or one partner, one of the couple, uh, one of the guy or the girl struggles with mental illnesses, and how does the other support them in that struggle, or even? doesn't have to be a romantic relationship it can just be a close friendship yeah um or anyone that you encounter like how how do you support um these people uh, with, uh, with their mental illnesses if you don't really come from like a place of understanding because you haven't personally dealt with any serious mm. mental illnesses yeah. um so i think for me uh the biggest thing uh most of all was just like be humble like choose to have a perspective and a mind to, to learn and be willing to be like, educated and embrace the fact that you don't know like as much as you want them to feel better and want them to some, at some point like dude just like that's where it comes back to that myth I shared earlier just like just stop like I want you to feel better like I don't understand hmm. and it can actually be difficult the person who's trying to support them because you're like you can get it's, I find myself can I can get frustrated like mm. I want to help you but I just don't know how mm. and I think the first step um, is just being willing to learn do the research I mean Rachel and I recently went on a walk and she was I was listening uh, to with her a podcast about ADHD um, we watched a TED talk together so I think just creating space to learn and talk about it is so so crucial and supporting um, someone that you care about who wrestles with these things yeah um, so yeah I think again yeah, being humble having an open heart and perspective to learn um, and then uh, I think yeah one patience is so important um, I think with Rachel just like being willing to wait and to know that uh, you know that their progress is doesn't happen overnight change doesn't happen overnight and a lot of these illnesses didn't happen overnight and so they're not going to be fixed overnight and so there's just this perspective that you gotta be willing to go in the in the the um what's the word the trenches there we go get get in the trenches with them and and fight with them and support them and be Mm -hmm. by their side um through the whole process and never-ending struggle but you just got to keep going i think supporting them is so so important and i think it teaches you a lot about yourself as you uh, get to love them in a way that um isn't always like a a typical form of love and just being there for them and supporting uh them so i've definitely had to wrestle with that myself with rachel and just choosing to be patient and you know i recall rachel mentioned actually i didn't even know that it was so impactful but the other day we were at a um, a conference for a church and mm-hmm. um, I looked over and I could tell she was feeling a lot 
and uh, I didn't know what exactly she was feeling. Um, I didn't ask her. I didn't want to interrupt the service. Um, but I just grabbed her hand and allowed her to squeeze my hand and we made eye contact and I just started like emphasizing my breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. And, and she started following my breaths and she was, I, I guess, able to calm down a little bit and, mm-hmm. and kind of find some stable ground. Um, yeah, and so I, you know, to be honest, I didn't even know what I was doing, but I think <laughs> what led me to doing that was just like, you know what, like, I know this is a struggle for us, and I'm going to be understanding, I'm going to do whatever she needs um, in that moment, and holding her hand and helping her breathe was something so simple, um, hmm. but yet it helped her a lot. Um, and, and again, I am far from perfect in supporting her. Oh, there have been many more times where I've... <laughs> been impatient and uh, not understanding uh, and rude and hurtful and mm. so I think it's so important um, just to reiterate it's important to be humble willing to learn uh, to be patient um, and uh, yeah just to do the simple things you know just holding holding their hand just communicating that you are there that you're present uh, that goes a long way so yeah that's what I would say it's a it's a process but it's uh, super important to support those who wrestle with these things yeah I would even say I mean you know to kind of comment on what you're saying um like from my perspective I think someone who's in my position like we have so much grace on anyone who's trying to help us Mm. um you know, because in, well, and you know what? I'll just say I can speak for myself. Because I know that I, I can't speak for anyone else who struggles with yeah. issues because they're, they're so different. Um, anyone who struggles is going to struggle differently. But, um, but I think, yeah, I think doing those small things, like, way overshadows and means so much more than any times that you maybe messed up in ways but you just trying are you even caring enough to be like i want to be here and i don't understand like you just saying that you being able to be so humble like means the world um and i think also just knowing that that is so valid feeling that frustration and kind of helplessness and yeah struggling with that especially you know it's kind of like, why is the car in front of me going so dang slow? Like, what the heck? Like, I'm trying to get somewhere, you know? Yeah. All you understand is what's going on in your world. You know, who knows? Maybe this car is, you know, having a rough day. Maybe they just lost a loved one. Maybe they're distracted because they, you know, lost their job. Whatever. It's choosing to be empathetic. Yeah. It's choosing to be empathetic. And I think, but, you know, totally understand that side, though. You know, being... Yeah frustrating so I think that's so that's so valid and so um yeah I really appreciate it I think it's definitely a great example of how to help someone amen amen well I think that was a lot of good stuff and I think uh, a whole lot <laughs> I think that concludes this episode deep breath that was good that was a good episode I like that <laughs> Yep. You already know. We want to always encourage you guys to 
Take time to relish in life's ambiguity this week. Love you guys. Love you guys. Have a good week. Stay positive.